Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. During this episode, we take a look at why it is important to wear sun protection, what the difference is between the different SPFs or sun protection factors. We also take a look at some of the ingredients that you need to be avoiding when purchasing sun cream to ensure that it is actually safe for our reefs as well. Our guest today is the founder of Sunslayer Australia, a new reef-safe and plastic-free sun cream brand made in Western Australia. As an avid scuba diver and free diver, she's passionate about protecting our oceans. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Jade Chan. Yay! Hello, crazy birds. Hello, Mariska. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to be on your podcast. I'm really um, excited, a tiny little bit nervous, but uh, I think we'll have a great conversation. Oh, that's amazing. Well, welcome. I'm sure our crazy birds are going to learn quite a lot from you. Like there is so much that I want to know about Sunslayer. But before we get into that, I kind of want to know like, how did your sustainable journey actually start? Hmm, I think my sustainable journey started when I was little. When I was in primary school, I was one of the last few kids to get picked up by my mom. Uh, she's always late to pick me up at school. And uh, I remember, you know, back then there was no mobile phones. There was no like fancy gadgets and toys that you can play with. So me and the other kids that were left behind, we were, we will come up with games to play. And then one of those games is um, we will get these spoons from the cafeteria and we will search the drains and then we'll fish out these tadpoles and put it in the cups. I know it sounds really gross, <laughs> but back then it was super, super fun to watch these like little tadpoles in the cups. And then after that, we'll empty them into the to the nearby pond and then we watched it grow into frogs. At the start, there was nothing in the drains, it was clear. And so it was really easy to fish these tadpoles out. But then uh, over time, I noticed that there was more and more rubbish in the drains. There was like plastic cups, plastic bags and, uh, you know, candy wrappers and things like that. And then I would trace as a kid, I would trace like, where did all these rubbish come from? And then at the the gates of the school and we've got like street vendors and people that sell foods and drinks and then because there was no rubbish bins nearby the people would throw all their rubbish into the the drains and then just pretend that it would go somewhere and disappear and I think as a kid that was my first lesson to um, seeing how our waste actually affects other living things yeah and then growing up uh, my favorite cartoon movie was Finding Nemo and oh. I've always dreamt like, okay, one day I'm going to go to Great Barrier Reef. I'm going to see Nemo for myself. And so when I came to Australia, I think second year I went with my friends, we went to the Great Barrier Reef and then we actually got our scuba dive license there. And it was amazing to see like all this wildlife. And um, as a diver, you see firsthand the amount of uh, pollution in our oceans. And uh, and yeah, and then you definitely feel like you want to do something about it. So yeah, that's how my sustainable journey wow, I guess, started I and like that. continued. Yeah. So yeah. Gosh, so how many how many tadpoles did you guys then like fish out or like? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I think my record was like twelve. 
Oh Probably my goodness. All things. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so fun to watch them in like swimming in the cups. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds amazing. Reminds me of my days when we used to go to the farm and, you know, kind of see all of these frogs and stuff. So that's, that's amazing. And what a journey. And I mean, which country are you then originally from? I'm originally from Malaysia. Oh. Yeah. Selangor, the uh, capital. Oh. Have you been to Malaysia? I have actually. Oh, I've good. been to Malaysia. We, me and my husband had a portion of our honeymoon in Malaysia. So we went to KL and we also went to Langkawi. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Like Very phenomenal. Nice. So yeah, really loved it. And like, yeah, you said, you know, finding Nemo and I'm sure many, many of our crazy birds has actually seen that. It's one of my favorite movies. And we are here in Australia, not in Sydney, but <laughs> we are here. That's just great how that went into full circle. I have mm. not done my diving course, but it is definitely high on priority for me to actually do that. But like, what was it when you were diving that you wanted to do something about it? Or what, what was it that kind of linked to Sun Slayer? Sun Slayer? Oh, actually, this idea of the reef safe sunscreen started on a diving trip. Before this diving trip, I did not know that the sunscreens can actually harm our coral reefs. Um, I went to a dive trip in Indonesia wanting to see the uh, sunfish. It's called like Mola Mola. It's this like giant fish that looks like a pancake swimming on its side. It's really, really cute. They eat tiny things. So yeah, on that dive trip, before I got onto the boat, you have to wait for the dive boat. And I was just putting on sunscreen because, you know, Indonesia is quite warm and mm. um, sunny over there. And um, this um, eco resort, the uh, dive instructor came and then he saw me putting sunscreen. He took the sunscreen bottle from my hands, looked at it and said like, this thing has oxybenzone, octinosate and all these things that harm and kill our coral reefs. You can't put that, you can't use that here. We can lose our eco license. So he actually chucked it in the bin and said like, you're not going to the next dive until you can wash all this off you. I ran so quick to the showers, oh wash everything off and then came back just in time for the dive boat because that's why I went to Indonesia for to see the fish and it would be devastating if I couldn't actually go onto the dive. Yeah, so but all in all, it went well and I did actually see the fish, but yes. That's amazing. So for our crazy birds that's been hearing like Sun Slayer throughout this interview so far, kind of what is Sun Slayer? So like you said, it's a brand new reef safe and plastic free sunscreen brand made here in WA. It's a SPF 50 plus high quality um, TGA approved sunscreen that is in a beautiful aluminium tube and cap. It's vegan, cruelty free, non-greasy, no white cast and fragrance free as well and uh, safe for mums and bubs. We care about the ocean, like I wanted to create a sunscreen brand that is good for the environment, but it's also like cool and edgy enough to compete with all the other brands on the market and want to give back to uh, to the ocean. So part of our profits will go towards restoring our coral reefs and saving marine life in Australia and beyond. Yeah, so our mission is to plant 10,000 corals in the next 10 years and uh, wow. I hope that uh, we can get there. I'm sure oh. we can. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, gosh, that's that's... Quite, quite an amazing thing. And I mean, that is something that I haven't really considered. It was probably a few years down my journey when I heard about the sunscreens and that that can have such an issue. But like you've said in Indonesia, you had that experience. But can you explain a little bit more to our crazy birds? Like, why is it exactly that some of these sun creams can actually harm the environment? Why, why should they be cautious to 
whatever they put on their skin if they want to go and take a dive in the ocean. Yeah, um, I think not many people know that some of the chemical sunscreens contain ingredients that actually harm our coral reefs. Um, I'm going to do a, say a quick like bio lesson. I hope it's not too boring. But, uh, <laughs> um, the corals that we know um, today, like most of these structures, are actually made out of hundreds and thousands of these little things called coral polyps. And they are uh, like tiny organisms. And most of them contain this algae-like, plant-like organism called um, zooxanthellae which is an algae, and this algae is the one that gives the colour for um, for the coral reefs. So they have a beautiful friendship, I would call it, like they need each other to survive. Like the um, coral polyps, they give out carbon dioxide and um, water, and then the algae uses this carbon dioxide and water to do photosynthesis and then creates nutrients and sugars and oxygen to feed back into the coral. But then with global warming, you know, rising sea temperatures, pollution in our ocean, if there's too much sunlight and all that, that can make the coral polyps freak out and then they get stressed and then they kick out the algae. They basically like unfriend this algae (laughs) and then without the algae over time, the coral then dies because they don't have the nutrients and the oxygen and then what's left behind is um, all this um, calcification of you know, the, the limestone that they secrete and uh, then becomes white. And that's that phenomenon that we know, coral bleaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why um, some sunscreens can cause harm to our coral reefs. Yeah. Wow. That's quite intense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it <laughs> I does. Like, really? I was like, oh no, how do I explain this? <laughs> well, it does actually, you know, and that's something that I don't think a lot of people would realize. And it's definitely something that we are seeing more and more of. You know, if you go to some of these beautiful diving places, I mean, I have not done actual proper diving, but I do enjoy snorkeling. Some places where you would see photos from how it was about 10 or 15 years ago, and then how it is now, it's just like shocking. And if some of our crazy birds has actually listened to, I think it was two or three episodes ago when we had Dr. Sylvia Earle on. So she also kind of talked about that and her book also covered a lot of this and how important it is, you know, from a climate change perspective, but also about daily stuff that we can do. So what is some of those ingredients? Like, you know, what do we need to look out for? Because I want some of our crazy birds, if you are home and you've got your sunblock like close by, like pause now, don't stop, just pause and go and grab that sun cream and like see if you've got some of these ingredients in to like see what is going to happen next. That's right, crazy birds. And if you don't have sunscreen yet, you can write this down on your notepad. I'm going to start. Are you ready? So there's about 10 ingredients that um, the Hereticus Lab website and the Environmental Working Group says that might cause harm to our coral reefs. And they are, number one, oxybenzone. Number two, octinosate. Number three, octocrylene. Number four, PABA, which is short for para-aminobenzoic acid. Number five, parabens. Number six, uh, nanoparticles. Number seven, microplastics. Number eight, four MBC, which is short for four metal benzolidin camphor. And number nine, triclosan. And number 10, sulfates, SLS or SLES. So that's the 10 wow. ingredients to watch out for. That's quite a lot. And guys, if you want to head over to the show notes, if you did not catch 
every single of them because it is quite big names and like you don't always know how to kind of do all the spellings and stuff. I'm going to link those 10 up in our show notes as well to make it easier for you guys to go and get that and maybe like take a screenshot of it as well and keep it on your phone and whenever it is that you need to go out and about and get some sun cream or actually look at your own, make sure it doesn't contain this. So Jay, do you actually think that people are becoming more aware about what they actually put on their body it's not just kind of affecting their body but if they do go into the ocean or even if they take a shower and that has to get washed off you know that Mm. still kind of makes it way into the ocean so it's not just you know when you kind of swim in the ocean it has so many ways to actually get into the ocean as well. Mm. Do you think people are becoming more aware of that? Oh yes, 100%. I think there's a growing consensus now where we want more brands to be transparent about their ingredients list uh, before people just like maybe hide some of their ingredients behind like really technical chemical terms or uh, umbrella terms like fragrance and and, uh, that contain a lot of sketchy ingredients. But I think now people want their brands to show like the entire ingredient list and also explain it on their website. I think that's uh, one good step forward. Part of my journey with this sunscreen is uh, even though we have one of the strictest standards for sunscreens in the world, Australia, but it it amazes me that um, most sun- sunscreen companies here don't actually need to disclose their full ingredients list. Wow. They only need to disclose their active ingredients. So if you see a lot of the sunscreen in like Coles or Woolies, you look at the back, it just says active ingredient, maybe zinc oxide or oxybenzone and then nothing else. And then I feel as a consumer, we have the right to know what we are buying and putting on our skin because we don't know if we have an allergy to uh, the ingredients or not and like how it affects our environment. So yeah, yeah, I think we should definitely uh, push for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, to kind of know exactly what it is that you put on your skin. And I find that there is a lot of, I would say like almost like your zero waste or package free kind of stores. They are definitely stocking some of this. I remember I first bought my like reef safe sunscreen at one of these package free stores Mm. and it was extremely thick. Like it looked like I had like a white, I don't know, face paint on. My husband refused to put it on (laughs) as it was so thick. Like honestly, because it was so thick, he didn't want to put it on so that everyone can see he's like super, super white. He looks like one (laughs) of those mimes. But I did because I didn't want to get burned. And then in the end, he did get burned a bit, even though he put like, I don't know, a tad on because he (laughs) doesn't like the texture. What can people expect when they use yours? Because you said, you know, that's one of the things that you kind of wanted to avoid. So yeah, Yeah. I would love to know more about that. That was definitely one of my struggles as well, (laughs) trying to find uh, a reef safe sunscreen after that dive trip. And they were either too sticky, too greasy, or made me look white like Mulan, you know, that cartoon. And I looked just like her when she was going to meet the groom. I was like, hideous. I was like, oh no, this is not, this doesn't look right. Yeah. So, (laughs) so what they can expect. So they Definitely something that's easy to apply. It shouldn't leave a white cast. Mm-hmm. If there is a white cast, that means that's too much on that one spot and you just need to like sort of sh- rub it all over and then you should have just a nice glow. And most importantly, it should be effective in protecting you from the sun. It's uh, plastic free, so comes in an aluminum tube and cap. Um, you should feel good knowing that you are buying and using a plastic free sunscreen because mm-hmm. I don't think there's many, I think we're the first 
in Australia to have sunscreen and not in a fully aluminium tube and cap. Oh, okay, because yeah, some has the plastic like plastic, cap Yeah, some has or, the plastic cap yeah. and a lot of the plastic-free sunscreen is in tins. Oh, yeah, which is yeah. which is another thing that I, I didn't really quite enjoy when I bought this. And I have bought many because when I'm diving and I'm using them on the boat, the boat's moving. So oh. after a while, this uh, tin of sunscreen becomes like a scrub. It has like sun, it has ocean water oh, in it. Gosh. And it leaks a little bit when I put it in my dive bag. Yeah, so I think that's why that's one of the reasons that I, I chose a tube. And also um, they feel you're the crazy bunch of feel good knowing that I think when they buy Sunslayer, they are not just supporting one WA business. They are supporting at least four local businesses, like the people that create the sunscreen, that produce the tubes, that um, print on the tubes and the mailing boxes and the tube boxes, and also the people that package and send out the yeah. sunscreen. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And then with these tubes as well, so are they then just normally recycled? I can pop it in my local curbside recycling or yes. how? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that's the reason why I created this. It's so that it's super easy to recycle because as a volunteer at uh, beach cleanups and I do do quite a bit, it breaks my heart when I see so many empty sunscreen bottles in the doggy bins because I know mm. that they're contaminated. They'll definitely go to landfills because let's face it, not many people actually cut the tubes in half wash it and then put it in their yellow recycling bin. So with the Sunslayer sunscreen, once you're done with it, just put the cap back on and then put it in your yellow bin. It then gets picked up by the local metal recycling facility. Yeah. It gets um, shredded, washed, and then turned into your next soft drink can. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, and Australia is fantastic at recycling aluminium. Like 90% yeah. as compared to plastic, which is sad, like 20%. Exactly. So, yeah. And oh, that's great because it, it is really such a... I would say it has value because, you know, if you have a soda can or now your mm. Sunslayer sunscreen, within like, I can't remember the exact day, so don't quote me on this one, but it can be something like, you know, literally 30 days or something that exact materials can be, it can literally be your favorite next, hopefully not very full of sugar soft drink mm-hmm. <laughs> that you you can have. So that that's amazing. I really love that. And like you've said, you know, uh, you guys are also trying to actually replant new corals or yes. like, so a percentage of the profit actually goes towards that, right? 10% of the profits. We want to use it for, um, yeah, planting more coral reefs. Yeah. Because okay. there's so much ocean, like two thirds of earth is ocean and exactly. there's so much land to plant more coral reefs. Fun fact, coral reefs take up less than 1% of um, the ocean floor, but they produce half of the world's oxygen. So if we've got so wow. much land, we might as well plant like lots and lots of coral to um, yeah, to give us more oxygen and absorb all these carbon dioxide rather than exactly. finding space to plant more trees because that also takes a long time. Like a tree takes, what, like 50 years yeah, till yeah. maturity? Well, coral reefs, they, they take far less than that. I think two, three years and they're... Oh, wow. So where where are they actually planting all of these coral reefs then? I think there's a few at Great Barrier Reef that we are hoping to work with. And then there's a lot more in other parts of the world. I know um, in the the French islands, in Bali, near America, um, near Florida, there's one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's quite a few out there right now. Oh, wow. Doing this work. Yeah. That's amazing. And for our um, like crazy birds that actually wants it, I mean, there might be some of you that's listening that is actually located here in Australia, but there's quite a lot of our crazy birds that's like global. How can they all actually get their hands on Sunslayer? 
So we're not ready yet, but we're opening for pre-orders really soon. Fingers crossed this week, once I can get the website up and going. <laughs> but yes, we've we've got a final confirmation from the manufacturer. It will be ready January 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like, yes, finally I get to see this project. <laughs> pre-orders on their website or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sunslayer AUS or you can, what else? Meet me if you are based in Perth. You can visit me at the Summerex Salt Markets at Trig. I'm there every market because we won the salty grant so oh, wow. we get to have a store there every single time so which is great I get I've had so many lovely conversations with so many people yeah. about it so yeah so I'd love to meet um, any one of you crazy birds that would like to talk to me about this yeah oh, that's amazing so we have kind of covered some of the packaging you said that you know so it's basically the aluminium tube and then it comes in a box right yes. and yeah do you want to tell us more about that the box, um, yeah, that's just to prevent the aluminium from getting dented along the process. Mm-hmm. I feel that uh, aluminium incentive, I think, drives decisions. And uh, if you look at the aluminium cap, it actually cost me 23 cents as compared to the plastic caps. Because when I was going through the manufacturer, they, they kept pushing for me to use the plastic caps. But I was like really strong. I was like, no, 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 I really yeah. want it to be plastic free. And if I were a recycling company and I'm looking at these caps, the plastic one's two cents and the aluminium one is 23 cents, surely I would prefer to recycle the aluminium because yeah. it would give me more money and uh, it's also less like time consuming to like get so many. I need so many plastic caps to be recycled as compared to like one aluminium cap. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. The, the box is all printed here using FSC certified cardboard and using soy-based inks. Yeah, I think wow. that's about it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, <laughs> oh, it has definitely... a whale shark design. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. I need to mention that because I'm really proud of it. Yeah, that my lovely friend and graphic designer is also a diver and she created this like beautiful whale shark design to go on the uh, tube boxes. So. Oh, wow. Looking forward to actually seeing that. And we might uh, give photographs of what it's going to look like. Yes. Sorry, so. I've totally forgot to bring it here. I don't know <laughs> no why. worries. Actually, right here. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, in the show notes or some of the social media posts and stuff that you're going to see, we will uh, send that as well. And people can go on your social media as well. But one thing that really kind of confused me, Jade, is mm-hmm. with dis- different sun creams when you're standing there so obviously the ingredients that was Mm -hmm. one thing that we spoke about but then also you just get so many different SPF so SPFs obviously the sun protection factors like what is the difference like why should I use you know, not an eight, but a 50 or, or, I mean, gosh, some places even have a hundred. Like what exactly is the differences and what is the best recommended one for me when I head down to the beach quickly for a swim or something? Mm, Great question. I know that one of the myths that most people think about is like, oh, if I double my SPF, I'm going to get double the uh, coverage, but it's not. It's really tiny little bit. So I've looked into this Do you know that SPF 50, oh wait, before I go into that, so SPF stands for sun protection factor and it's the ability for a sunscreen to protect against ultraviolet B radiation. It only measures ultraviolet uh, B radiation. Yeah, so SPF 15 is 93% coverage, SPF 30 is 97% coverage, and SPF 50 is 98% coverage. So 30 and 50 is only 1% difference and not like twice the coverage. SPF 
most people don't actually apply enough SPF, uh, enough sunscreen. So that's why most dermatologists, they recommend SPF 50 plus because like the people that use SPF 30, they don't apply a thick enough layer. It's actually getting only SPF 20 um, protection. Oh. So that's why they said like you should always wear SPF 50. So then you get as much um, coverage, even if you don't apply a thick enough layer. What else? Like every day, even going to the beach or even when it's a cloudy day or in the house, you should wear SPF 50 because on a cloudy day, do you know, 80% of the radiation still goes through the clouds. Oh, wow. Um, you just don't feel it as much probably yeah, because with the clouds. Correct. Because UVA and B, it's not something that we can see. Mm. It goes deeper than your skin. So um, you want to definitely protect yourself, especially if you've got floor to ceiling high windows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's something I, I didn't really know. I mean, I sometimes put on my face and didn't put sun cream on the other day when I was working in the garden and I looked like a little tomato afterwards. Um, but yeah, you learn. And I mean, it's it's really here, especially in Australia, I've lived in the Middle East where you wouldn't really apply sun cream when you go to the ocean for about an hour because if it's normal winter um, and it's great weather because, mm. you know, you don't burn as easily, I would say there. Here, like you can't apply the same stuff here in, in Australia. It's really potent. Mm. The sun is potent. There's so many people that actually have skin cancer mm. because of, you know, being in the sun so often and not actually protecting themselves. So, yeah, so that's one thing that people really need to kind of look out for. And I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing when your sun cream is live so that yeah. I can trade my very sticky reef <laughs> safe, which I don't like as much, but I obviously wear it. Um, just to kind of have that as as a as an option, that's that's great. And is there any other advice that you can give people, like kind of you know when they're at that? They're kind of sitting on the fence at the moment. They're not mm. sure, you know, yeah, you've covered all these things, but why, why, why should I, you know, get your sun cream versus my other stuff that's killing our reefs? Um, to be honest, I, I feel any sunscreen that you enjoy using is the best one for you because... Number one, I don't want you to get skin cancer. So if, let's say, you don't like my sunscreen, that's all right. As long as you wear a sunscreen that protects you, that you feel comfortable um, for your everyday use, then that's great. Then you're definitely not going to look way too old when you're like 50. The reason why you should get Sun Slayer is uh, if you're going to the beach, then it's more likely you'll be swimming in the ocean. Yeah, and then you can use something that's safe for our ocean, that's doing good for for the environment. We're giving back to the environment and uh, something that's easy to recycle. Yeah, if you care about like the amount of waste that you generate and type of waste, I think mm -hmm. Sunset is a great um, option for you. Uh, but really like the best sunscreen is the one that you will use because yeah, that, as long as you're protected, exactly. everyone's happy. I personally avoid spray sunscreens because not many people use that adequately like you know do you know that you need to spray for five seconds and rub it in oh, for wow. it to have effect a lot of people just use it like perfume they just yeah. and then go straight into the beach and then that just all washes off into oh, that and then there's so many studies now that say that a lot of people actually breathe in the spray sunscreen and lungs don't need sunscreen <laughs> and it's just so nasty all these wow. chemicals that are absorbed by the lungs into your bloodstream so if you can uh, avoid spray sunscreens but 
If that's the only thing that you use to protect yourself against skin cancer, then make sure you use it adequately. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely check out for that. The other myth that people have that if you get a spray tan, you don't need to wear sunscreen because like you're darker, like you that's protecting you. No, yeah. I, I actually looked into this and uh, a spray tan actually gives you only SPF 3, which is barely anything. You still oh, wow. need to wear sunscreen. And a lot of people that get sunburn are the ones that got a spray tan because they don't think they need it. So they don't apply it and then they get sunburn. And people with darker skin tones also need to put sunscreen because you are also at risk of um, getting the sun damage from the UVA and UVB rays. Yeah, Yeah, so you need to use it too. So like I said, SPF only measures UVB radiation. So if you're looking for a sunscreen, make sure you look one for one that says broad spectrum, which covers both UVA and UVB rays. So then you're you're, uh, protected. That's quite a lot. It's really quite a lot to to think about. But I think, you know, once you've done your research once and you found actually one that you like. And I'm sure there might even be some of the places where if you're looking for something now, check from some of these stores if you can't test it out before you actually purchase a entire tube that, you know, it's just going to end up in like your drawer like ours. Yeah, to kind of just use that or, you know, check if some of your friends are using, you know, some um, reef safe as well. Yeah, Mm. that's quite cool. Interesting. (laughs) So Jade, what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? Personally, it's uh, refusing plastic straws. Yes, because plastic straws and cigarette buds are like my two personal pet peeves. Oh, I hate it so much. Like uh, doing so many beach cleanups and that's all you see. Like the last one that we did at Scarborough Beach, there were 70 of us volunteers. And in an hour and a half, we collected more than 2,000 cigarette buds. They were just everywhere. And it's just people after restaurants or after going to clubs, they just smoke and then they just chuck it everywhere. And I, I really don't like it. So Yes, uh, yeah. my number one that's, is... That's kind of like a gateway plastic, I would say, because a lot of people don't really know that cigarette butts actually contains plastic as well. And it's kind of acceptable, I think, in society when someone's throwing a cigarette butt. Well, oh. I always point it out and tell the person like, hey, you know, don't do it. But I think a lot of people probably just like flick it and mm. there it goes and that's it. They don't really care beyond that but there's definitely more and more awareness being made and I do think people are starting you know to not just do it as much as they used to in previous mm. years as well so yeah well that that was one sorry was there another one that you wanted to mention and trying to bring more takeaway containers when I go out to eat so then I always have something to pack in yeah oh, amazing. that's something that I'm doing right now um what else do I do well shopping bags that's yeah that's normal now which is great I think yeah. that's about it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, all all great, like really, really important decisions. So Jade, we are going to move into our final five. So are you ready? Yes. <laughs> First one is what is actually one social media account or a publication that you personally follow? Plastic Free Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Yes. She's lovely. Really good. Very yeah. inspiring. I actually got three, but yeah, that was my number one. Christina Zanato, she's a great um, ocean conservationist and uh, like I call her the shark whisperer. I don't know if you've seen some of her uh, videos that went viral. She's the one that takes out the hooks from shark's mouths. Oh no, I haven't. Amazing. Yeah, because sharks get such a bad rep and um, she's changing all that. 
So yeah, and then the last one is uh, Ocean Ramsey, so another ocean conservationist. Yeah, and oh, wow. um, free diver. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sounds sounds amazing. We'll definitely check out some of those and. Jade, what is your hope for Mama Earth actually going forward? Getting rid of single-use plastics, especially plastic straws and cigarette butts, like I mentioned before. And um, yeah, just people being more aware of what they're putting on their bodies and the waste that they are creating. And if we can all do, you know, every little bit counts. Like my favorite phrase is, uh, I can't remember now, what's his, this Japanese guy's name, but... Uh, individually we are one drop but together we are an ocean yeah every single thing that we do little bit counts for a lot oh I love that and that's so true you know we we sometimes think we're we're just one person what difference can I make but you know if so many people just make that one difference it makes a massive difference Mm. just love that and what advice can you give our crazy birds actually this week to help out mama earth if you can go to a beach cleanup I would highly recommend that. It is so much fun. It's so therapeutic because you're like cleaning, <laughs> cleaning up your beach or it doesn't have to be a beach, like a river or any cleanup event. Uh, you get to meet people that are passionate about cleaning up the environment as you as well. In Perth, if you're based in Perth, there's a few um, groups that you can go. So like Sea Shepherd, Coastal Cleanup Crew, Saltwater Cleanups. They're all fantastic um, groups that do, I think, a weekly cleanup. So that's great. Okay. Um, yeah, highly recommend that. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And definitely would recommend, you know, so that people can actually see all of this waste that, you know, our ocean has to deal with every single day. And Jade, what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people that are not yet on a sustainable journey? Mm, I think your crazy birds probably heard of this many, many times, if not, but uh, I always say, um, every minute, one garbage truck of plastic enters our ocean. We have to like reduce the plastic going into the ocean. The other fun fact that I usually use is uh, aluminium is infinitely recyclable. So you can recycle again and again and not lose its qualities. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, definitely something, you know, when you're standing in front of a choice, whether you take a soda can or a plastic bottle with soda in, soda can for me always always Mm. wins I don't even know when last I actually bought something that was in a plastic bottle oh and I've seen recently on my Facebook it takes three times the amount of water to make a plastic bottle as as compared to the yeah to the water that it contains exactly that's shocking that's so shocking so Jade where can we actually find you and Sun Slayer if you can Give us all the handles and uh, Crazy Birds. We will link it up in the show notes as well. But if you want to go on your phone right now and check it out. Yes. So can you so give it to us? Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We are at Sunslayer AUS. Website sunslayer.com.au. Or like I said, if you're in Perth, please come and visit me at the Summer Salt Markets. I always up for a good chat. Oh, and you've got a really cool exhibition. That's actually where I saw you the first time. Oh, um, yes, yes. But was that no? That was that was in no, Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, your exhibition stand looks looks really cool with all of the different stuff. So if you're here, do go and check it out. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you to you. It's actually the first time I've had an in-person guest in such a long time, which is really great. Mm, we're <laughs> so, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for being such an amazing guest and. 
I'm super excited to see the launch of Sunslayer and to actually try it out and, you know, protect my skin whenever I go to the beach. Just thank you so much for, for that and everything that you're doing for our oceans as well. Thank you so much, Marissa. And thank you so much, Crazy Birds, for listening to me ramble for, I don't know, 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, and thank you so much for your support. I look forward to, uh, yeah, catching up with you guys. Awesome. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the MamaEarthTalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them and I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes so if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them. Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best way to get in contact with me would probably be a DM on Instagram. You can either send it to my personal, which is at Zero Waste Mariska, or the podcast, which is at Mama Earth Talk, or send me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.